Milos, uh, I want to welcome you to All Classical Portland. I'm John Pittman, and it's great to be able to talk with you again. Your latest recording, which is The Moon and the Forest. Uh, one thing that I want to say before we get into talking about that is that the last conversation we did have was about the sound of silence. And I know that the that project evolved out of your time when you were allowing your your hand to rest after a period of, uh, of a lot of intense playing. But now when I think of that album and we, we play the recordings, I almost think of that album being as applicable to our global experiences together. It kind of reflects the silence and the, um, the isolation that we, we have all been experiencing to different degrees in the last year. 100% and I'm very happy you say it and I've heard it from many of my friends that actually that album and my experience through that album which um, happened a couple of years before uh, gave a lot of comfort to a lot of people through this latest situation and and that's really a comforting thing to hear and to know because uh, when we are forced to stay at home, when we are forced to be on our own, it's facing ourselves and our own internal conversations can be very daunting and very difficult. And there is nothing that can help more than music. And I found in that period of my own darkness, I found that the music was helping me find the light. And, and I really hope that that happens, happens today with everyone else. And I, I'm just... I don't know, this past year has been really crazy and when I think of of, uh, of my um, schedule and, and touring before the pandemic and the fact that in the last year there's only been very few performances which have been streamed or, you know, just been set up in very artificial circumstances. Uh, it's really crazy to think how in a short period of time the world can change so much. But um, but do we change or do we stay the same? I don't know. I mean, it, it, it remains to be seen. It's an interesting time. So tell me about the actual recording of the moon in the forest, because I would imagine this fell within, am I correct, 2020? the pandemic yeah. year actually um this album has been many years in the making because um ever since i started recording i was uh, talking to composers and hoping to inspire composers to write pieces for me and and actually um the process of uh talking to howard shore and to joby tobot goes back six years you know and and these pieces were conceived for the stage they were conceived as world premieres one was premiered at the bbc problems at the albert hall in 2008 um, and uh shore was premiered in 2009 but the whole process of writing it started even much more before that and also during my sabbatical and so it's it, it was um uh, never the plan for that to become a recording. It just uh, became obvious to me that after I premiered the works, that actually they would make a brilliant recording. And uh, what an absolute dream to have a recording where everything on it is new, where we have world premieres and where we have concertos. And as guitarists, we just don't have so many concertos. So, so having two new ones on the same album is very, very exciting to me. And I 
and I wanted to, to, to celebrate that fact and wanted to celebrate my love for those new pieces because I absolutely love playing them and um, for an artist to be an inspiration for new music is, 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 is an absolute dream and um, so lucky. And a dream for you also because as your notes say, your, your own comments about it, you want to build the classical guitar concerto repertoire. And that happened with these two pieces. And I agree with you, it is, it is very rare. Um, I would imagine that what you might do or a different guitarist might do at some other time is you have a new concerto. Okay, I'm going to pair that with a Rodrigo or I'm going to pair it with something uh, famous, Castanovo, something famous. Um, but yeah this is this is really a unique thing and the pieces are distinct enough they're different enough from one another and yet as I listened through they go together well uh, at the same time 100% and that that's exactly the reason why it felt so natural to have them there um, and to also separate them with those two short pieces which are again new transcriptions new 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 things um, as kind of encores in the same way like if you had two performances maybe subconsciously I don't know I was I just love being on stage and performing on stage and I just felt that maybe having that from the album and that feeling on the album will, will be something different again because as you know with each album I, I, I always really try to do things differently and um, go very far and then come back and you know like to, to just always more fun to, to be adventurous Milos, when you or anyone records a Rodrigo, um, a work by a composer who has passed, I would imagine that there are certain challenges that you could list off. Um, can't talk to the composer, um, but have a very familiar piece in your hands. What would you say, and these can be positive challenges, opportunities we may say, of having a living composer, of having someone you can get on Zoom with or or get on the phone with as the creative process is going on? Uh, when I recorded Rodrigo in 2014, um, it was um, an incredible milestone for me because it's such an iconic piece. And no, you can't talk to a composer, but you can inform yourself through so many incredible interpretations. And um, there is a weight of of tradition and of the past to be reckoned with and you only can really go into the studio to record something as famous and as important in the guitar world as that uh, when you feel absolutely ready that you have something to say and that your way of understanding that piece is worthy of a recording and when I went to uh, in, into the studio to do it with Yannick, 
um, and the London Philharmonic Orchestra, uh, I just felt like I was so ready to do that. But unless I did that, and unless I had those those concertos behind me, I don't think that I would have had the same right or the same uh, feeling and understanding within myself to then approach new composers for new concertos because Rodrigo concertos, they are the rite of passage. Um, and then uh, actually the conversations about new concertos really did start after that recording and after the success of that recording and the touring and playing with all those incredible orchestras, which is not a given when you are a guitarist. It's, it's, a, it's a huge thing when you suddenly, you know, play with Chicago Symphony or LA Philharmonic. It's, like, it's incredible. But then, like you go, you do your Rodrigo, and then there are conversations. What, what next? What, what are the ideas? What are the pieces that they would consider? And then there isn't very much, even though there is a lot in the guitar world in terms of guitar concertos. And you mentioned a couple of my favorite pieces. Like I absolutely adore Castelnuovo Tedesco concerto. I, it's for, maybe for me, my favorites from the past concertos. I don't um, think we have or, a recording by you of that yet, do we? No, no, we don't. But we might. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I really there adore aren't... that piece. No, it's a beautiful piece, and and I actually love his music in general. I think it's fantastic. Also cinematic. I mean, he was a, a huge film composer, and um, and you mentioned those pieces. But somehow, you know, I thought. If modern composers, the composers that are that really matter, uh, would be inspired to do something, then we should do that. And, and then these conversations happen, and things happen, and then there is interest in certain things. And so it puts you in a position where you continue to carry that flag, and you continue to pioneer new repertoire, and, and it feels great. It's so it feels so much better than anything else where you actually get a new piece and. And there is no burden of history. It's yours. It's written for you. It's inspired by you. You are free to do with it what you want. And you are part of the creative process with those composers to make a piece which really fits you. And in, in a, on this particular album, I just feel like that Howard's piece is incredibly classical. It gives a nod to, 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 to even to Rodrigo, to my background, to, to all the things we discussed in this very elegant, classical way. But then Joby wrote for me a piece which was how I always imagined a concerto should be like, where guitar plays with the orchestra, where the powers of both instruments, both uh, um, uh, of my instrument and the orchestra are working together in harmony to create this incredible sound world and where the piece is pushing the boundaries as it goes on into a whole world of possibilities and opportunities. And I, I just, wanted a piece that at the end of it I felt like 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 a great pianist when they have done their concerto like a great violinist when they have finished you know like with a big ending and where everyone is with you on that journey from the first note to the last and here we have it and I'm absolutely thrilled and it is a result I've never felt more comfortable in my life playing a concerto it just feels like at all times I'm supported by this soft velvet cushion and I can just do what I want and it's a dream, an absolute dream.
Milos, I understand there's an influence brought into at least the Joby Talbot concerto that's meant to reflect your own Montenegrin heritage. Can you speak a little bit about that, please? I think those influences are very subtle. Uh, and um, I mean, in the Balkans, we have some very interesting rhythms and Joby has uh, been inspired by those, but not necessarily quoted them or used them literally. His piece is a, Joby's piece is a Joby's piece and it's very much him. It's him to the core. And it's him in all those uh, qualities that made me fall in love with his music when I first heard Alice in Wonderland at Covent Garden. But Howard actually is the one who really gave such a um, refined homage to the things that I shared with him and my background and my heritage. And there are moments in his score when in the underlying texture of the orchestration, you suddenly hear a theme. And it's a theme of a song I shared to him when I told him, you know, this is what my grandmother used to sing to me. And it would be just one bar and I would hear it and it would make me like really go, um, I would get goosebumps everywhere because it's so personal. Um, and there are certain rhythms there as well that are typical more for the Eastern Balkans. Montenegrin music is slightly more linear and more heroic because we were always the heroes fighting Turks and you know, like for 500 years. Um, and the rest of the Balkan music is much more rhythmical and fluid and melodic and embellished. And all these influences come true uh, in some in some very subtle way, ways, which which. Uh, is um, a sign of mastery as well. couldn't help but look up because I hadn't in quite a while, just some pictures of Montenegro. Mm. And I was looking at the landscape and the mountains and these beautiful lakes. And I thought, you know, if uh, if Peter Jackson, the director of Lord of the Rings, yeah. couldn't get his native New Zealand, that Montenegro would make a great Middle Earth. <laughs> 100% because the landscape is so dramatic. And actually Howard said the exact same thing um, when, when I was showing him things. Uh, and I hope he will come and visit because through this process we became friends and and he's such a gent. I mean, I love the guy and um, that epic imagery is uh, when you're born into an environment like that, it stays with you forever. And, 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 and Howard understood that. At the very beginning of Howard Shore's concerto, there is um, just a few notes that, are, that come together that to me kind of I wouldn't say they were reminiscent of or referencing directly Lord his Lord of the Rings music, but it kind of was almost like a signature to me, like saying, yes, yeah. we're about yeah. to hear a Howard Shore piece of music. 
Sheikh Muhammad Bassent. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 the one thing I remember telling him, I said, when you write this concerto, please don't, please write a Howard Shore concerto. Don't don't try to write something else because we we love your poetic language more than anything. And and the guitar is so it lends itself so well to that world of very atmospheric and um, melodic music. And I love. I think I think guitar doesn't suit a tonal music there are some examples where it's more successful but i think it's not like that's the essence of the guitar guitar needs to and wants to sing and you need to give it beautiful lines to sing and when you do that then it's just just natural It's lovely to have this new recording to share with our listeners uh, here in Portland, Oregon. And uh, oh and, my God, Joby oh. lives in Portland, Oregon. Oh, does he? <laughs> yeah. So this is really crazy. Like he um, wrote the whole piece while he was there. He uh, lives between London and Portland, and uh, lives very near a forest. And he always keeps telling me about. I've never been to Portland, as you know, but like. He keeps telling me about this amazing nature and everything that 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 he loves about it and, and the West Coast and yeah, so he's one of yours. Well, and it would be great, of course, you know, to see you come out to Portland sometime, either for a solo recital. I would love to. So in the meantime, we have your wonderful new recording, and I, I really appreciate you uh, sharing a little bit of your uh, your evening London time uh, with me here on Zoom, and look forward to uh, talking with you again. Absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for having me. And I really hope one day we will meet in person too. That would be great. Okay. Well, goodbye. And uh, thank you very much again, Milos. Bye-bye. All the best.